Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guest this week is sort of new on the job. Well, not that terribly new. Let's say last summer. Katarina Kaw came aboard as the executive director of the Lotus Educational and Arts Foundation. That's the gang that puts together the annual Lotus Fest. Thank you for having me. Now, Katarina replaced the very well-known and very beloved Tamara Lowenthal. Tamara Lowenthal is not out of the picture. She is now the artistic director, which I believe she was serving as artistic director while she was executive director. That's right. So the board or whoever makes these decisions split the jobs up, which makes it a little easier on you, I should hope. Yes, absolutely. It's it's great to be able to share the, the responsibility of the organization. Artistic work and executive level work are they're very different roles. Well, she goes and uh, says, uh, maybe it would be good to have this performer. Maybe it would be good to go in this direction artistically, that kind of thing. What do you do? Well, I help run the organization, uh, yeah. financials, leadership of staff, and guiding the direction of the organization with, uh, with the support of the board. So when they called you in and said, we're going to give you an interview for this job, did they say to you, where do you want this thing to go? Yeah, they did. They wanted to know what my vision was for the next five years. They also wanted to know what qualities as a leader that I brought was going to bring to the organization. Arts organizations today are having a little bit of an identity crisis across the board. The, the pandemic has made... Changes in our financials, you know, we have to re- rethink how we are presenting and collaborating with communities and trying to find I, what the needs are of the community. I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I was under the impression that during the pandemic, people were starting to give, give, give because they were they were stuck at home. Yeah. Well, you know what? There, the pandemic had a much longer effect uh-uh. than just the first couple years of it. We did have substantial donations coming in in the first year or two of the pandemic. But the outfall is the last couple years. The last two years in particular have been really difficult as expenses have gone up to be able to present and create the infrastructure for presenting as well as bringing in artists from across the globe, the cost of those art, the, their ability to travel and to come to our community has increased. You have to fly these people in from all corners of the globe. You have to put them up in a hotel. You have to feed them, I assume. We do. Yes. And you have to pay them. We really try to make the experience of the artist a really, um, it's really important to us. We want them to have a great time in Bloomington and to want to come back here over and over again. Yeah. That's, and that's something that Lotus does really well. We want to pay them fairly as well for what they're providing to this community. It must be exciting to be a group, let's say, in Uzbekistan, for gosh sake. Has there ever been anybody from Uzbekistan? I wonder. You might know better, or at least WFHB, who's been a partner with us for 30 years. (laughs) And you're a newbie. That's right. (laughs) Well, it must be fun to be that person from the opposite side of the globe to be able to say, I'm going to the Midwest 
United States of America to perform live. They want us. That's right. We've made it. You know, it's not just Bloomington or the Midwest. We work with a consortium of other festivals and booking agents across the country. So Um, there's a gang of you. Yeah, and you know what? It was actually originally founded by the founder of Lotus Education Arts Foundation, Lee Williams. He and um, partners in Chicago were also established this consortium close to 30 years ago. What, What we do in that consortium is look at all of the touring artists who are coming in around the same time as all of our festivals are and try to support those those artists who are coming in to be able to have a full U.S. tour. Aha! It's really important for them because they can't just come to Bloomington, and uh, we can't afford them to just come to Bloomington. Aha. They need more places to go, and that sets up their entire fall So schedule. you're not just talking about other world music festivals. It could be like one-off appearances at smaller or larger venues. Sure, absolutely. In Chicago and... St. Louis and Cincinnati, um, Boston, and even Albuquerque, New Mexico, there are connections to the festivals and the venues to bring these artists in and they can build their tour. Is there a language problem ever? I think that there's always issues with communication, um, whether it's the language or the actual you know, the time differences or where you're, who you're actually calling on, if you're calling on WhatsApp or, yeah. you know, you know, there's all kinds of different ways that communication challenges happen. Right. Language is just one of those. A lot of times those artists really need to have U.S.-based booking agents to help them through the visa uh-huh. processes and get them um, ready to do a U.S. tour. And their countries, uh, these people who are, these artists who are coming from different countries, they're being encouraged to present their culture and their music and traditions to the world. You came aboard, as I say, our guest this week, Katarina Kaw. She is the executive director of Lotus Educational and Arts Foundation. They put on Lotus Fest, the annual Lotus Fest. And the first Lotus Fest you were involved with was the 30th. That's right. Just this past September and October. That's right. As the executive director, I was I came in and jumped right into planning and festival. You know, the festival was underway already when I came in. Sure. So, yeah. So it was. I relied on the staff that had been there mm-hmm. um, to really help guide me to find you know my footing and how what my skills are to the to the table and help the organization keep running. So they they had the big open arms and they said, "Come on in, we'll help you." That's right. They're incredible staff to be. I have to say, Tamara Lowenthal, Jill Campbell, they are the lifeblood of the organization, and they make uh, they make so much of the programming actually happen. I think I'd better mention that this year's 2024's Lotus Fest will be October 3rd through 6th this year. Do you have an idea how many venues, how many performers at this point, or is it way too early? It's too early. We are still working out um, details on venues and performers, and usually we put out our lineup in the early summer, and that's because it takes a lot of time for us to be able to find these artists who right. are coming in for you know for that tour. We we don't do a lot of early planning for the festival. It is part of our kind of workflow to. Bring, bring people in closer to the time for the festival. Well, it's not just Lotus Fest. 
There are other things going on sponsored by or run by the Lotus Educational and Arts Foundation. Let's see, what have I got here? Well, there's something coming up in March, about a month and a half away. Lotus Blossoms World Bazaar Community Day. That's at Fairview Elementary School. What's that all about? I This will be my first World Bazaar that I'll be attending. And oh, I am boy. so excited. It is essentially a world art and craft fair where there's demonstrations of artists and music and instruments and performances all day long um, and they're they're provided by the bloomington community and uh, community day is open to the public it's free for all ages you come into the gym at the fairview elementary school and you get a little passport where you can take the passport around and get stamped and make sure you know all of the different tables that you've been to and you get to experience art and craft from all over the world who specifically is doing this presentation the lotus education arts foundation runs this program we put it together we've had years of working with community partners to bring their art and their demonstrations and presentation of art into the community so there are a lot of iu affiliates um, there's community organizations these are people who are neighbors and friends that are coming to share their culture and their experiences with families and community fortunately we're in a college town which uh, draws from a pool of the whole world. That's right. The population of the whole world. I have met people from Kazakhstan uh, here, which I didn't even, I had never met someone from Kazakhstan here in Bloomington, Indiana. So there's a lot of different cultures, nationalities, ethnic groups represented here. So you can just pick and choose in a way. And there's people who study those different cultures and they want to also share and spread the awareness of those cultures and those their arts and crafts and, and traditions. You came from Paoli where you were working, good old Paoli, uh, just about, what is it, 30 miles, 40 miles south of us now? It's, it's a solid 45 miles. I drive about an hour to back and forth, at least when I started. I've been Route 37. Route 37, that's right. And, and you got to pass through Bedford, Mitchell, Orleans, and then Paoli. And then Paoli, yep. And they got a neat white courthouse yes, over there in Paoli. Well, when you were there, you worked for the Southern Indiana Community Health Care Organization. You were the director of grants and special projects. Before that, you had served as fund development manager. So again, you were raising money for this organization. What did this organization do? Southern Indiana Community Healthcare is a federally qualified community health center. They serve rural and underserved communities for comprehensive health care, kind of across the board. They do everything from delivering babies to, you know, helping elderly and everything in between. Um, They're family doctors and nurse practitioners, and they're a really great organization. They, um, by the time that I, when I started with them, we were sort of a mom-pop sort of Uh health care center, and then I helped bring in the federally qualified health center, community health center grant uh, through the Human Service Resource Administration. So they are now federally funded, and they've also expanded into Lawrence County as well. It was a specific location? Originally had four offices Uh in Paoli, English, West Baden, and Marengo. Uh And then they expanded into Mitchell and Bedford. So now they have six main primary locations, and then they also have women's health in Salem, Indiana. 
So you gave it a bit of a kickstart. I think so. I really helped them transition into a larger program and to be able to manage their federal funds. Our guest, uh, Katarina Ka, she's the executive director of Lotus Educational and Arts Foundation. Uh, she's the big boss over there, uh, replaced Tamara Lowenthal, who still is there, artistic director, as we mentioned before. You have experience at saying, please give me money. How do you do it? To me, the primary role in fundraising is building relationships. Okay. And my goals and purpose is to strengthen and grow healthy communities. Art and culture and music are a really important part of building a healthy community, making a community thrive. Yeah. And when you're building a when you're making a relationship with somebody, when you're saying, "Hey, I have this really important thing in the community that I'm working to preserve and provide. Do you want to participate in that? Do you want to come on board and help this organization grow and be able to bring incredible, vibrant music and art to not just you, but your neighbors, your friends, people coming from out of town and youth and the kids of who are going to grow up experiencing different cultures and maybe be able to explore and celebrate the diversity of the world you know, even stronger and better. So you make them partners. They're partners, absolutely. You know, right before you came aboard, I think it was about a year ago, uh, the National Endowment for the Arts granted $20,000 to the Lotus Educational and Arts Foundation. Is that the kind of thing where once you get a grant like that, you're in or do you have to just start from the scratch every single year and say, please, I need it again? You do have to ask every year. You have to plan and make sure that your funders know that you are still achieving your mission and that you are being a good steward of your of the money and the donations. Um, something like the National Endowment of the Arts, it is, it's difficult to be able to get those grants. They're competitive and you have to be able to manage federal funds. Yeah. Uh, so your organization has to be established enough to be able to bring that in. It is only just a portion of what is required to run the organization and to bring the festival to Bloomington, as well as the artists and the performances that we do in the spring with Lotus Blossoms. Well, I would think it would cost a little bit more than 20000 bucks to put this thing on every year. The various uh, uh, programs and events, and I was mentioning events earlier. We mentioned the Lotus Blossoms. Blossom's World Bazaar Community Day, April 11th, the Northern Resonance presented by Lotus Blossoms at the Far Center for Contemporary Art. What is Northern Resonance? Northern Resonance is a performing group that's coming out of Sweden. Bloomington and Lotus uh, aficionados, they may remember uh, Vesen. Uh, this is a a band that has come to Bloomington several times and has gained a f significant following here. Uh, Northern residents are some protégés and mentor mentees of Vesson. So we're really excited to be presenting them in Bloomington. So these people are traveling maybe the country at that time, and you were fortunate to snag them? That's right. We actually 
are the beginning of their U.S. tour, and this is their U.S. debut. So they will be not only debuting in Bloomington at the the start of their tour, um, but it'll be the first time that they are in the United States. They're not going to be part of the October 3rd through 6th annual Lotus Fest. That's right. They are part of the Lotus Blossoms, which we provide performances to Monroe County and surrounding area schools. We have them for about three days, each artist, and we do about two to three performances a day with them. So they do a a school performance um, twice in the afternoon, in the morning, and then we can do evening performances with them as well. So Northern Residents, their public performance is on April 11th at the Far Center. We have three other um, artists that are coming in. Lotus Blossom starts uh, in March and it goes through April. So there's more going on. That's right. Oh, all right. We'll have two other public performances, one on April 4th with Making Movies, Uh and one in partnership with Blooming Roots on March 21st at the Far Center, and that's with the Aoife Scott Band. Now, if you want to find out more about this, go to lotusfest.org. And all the information will be there. I am going to assume, Katarina Kaw, that that's where they will go come September and October to get tickets to the annual fest. Our annual festival, we typically sell tickets with a partnership through the Buskirk Chumley Theater, Uh which can be provided both through online ticket sales and in person. And that will continue to be the case for this year. So They can go to the box office right the box at the office. theater on Kirkwood. Yeah. We also sell tickets the day of the festival. Uh, in the streets, we have ticket sale and wristband exchange on Kirkwood Avenue. When we had Tamara Lowenthal on this program, I believe in 2019, that was a, a Lotus Fest where there were more than a dozen venues. Mm. Now, are you lining up venues already? We are lining up venues. This year, we won't have that many venues. Right. You know, what we're trying to do with more constrained budgets is to deepen the Lotus experience. We may have to change the way that we're presenting the our oh. artists because uh, financial constraints and the changing of, the, of our times, we and the expenses that keep rising. We may not have the same venues that we've had in the past, but we're really going to try to keep the Lotus vibe, the deepen the experience to celebrate and explore the diversity of world's cultures and bring arts performing um, that still transforms and enriches people's lives. Now, I assume the Buzzkirk Chumley is a rock for you. They're always they there, right? That's right. And I know that you've got tents set up at various points. Will there still be the outdoor venues under tents? We will still have outdoor venues, but they may look different than they have in the past. Oh, boy. Can you tell us, or is it a secret? It's still in the works. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, even though there's things that are changing, changing can be hard for a lot of people. You bet. But it is, you don't want to miss it. You're not going to want to miss what the changes are. You are going to want to see what happens next. Now, I also recall that there were venues in churches. That's right. Will that be a possibility? Yeah, we hope to we hope to keep um, all aspects of the festival 
it just may not be the scale in which we've had it in the past. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, it, you know, when you think of certain churches, uh, big, beautiful, high-ceiling, vaulted arches and all that, the acoustics must be spectacular in those some are, of the churches. Those are some of the best places. They're the most, some of the most intimate places to have a performance with an artist. And these are artists that are these are artists that are vetted by juries. These are highly talented artists that are coming from around the world. And you get to be up close and personal with them in a church or a historic theater like the John Waldron Art Center or the Buskirk Chumley. And these are unique opportunities to have really incredible transformative experiences with with art and music. You know, Katarina Kaw, Executive Director of Lotus Educational and Arts Foundation, we hear stories about rock stars and how they have demands in their contracts and how they tear up hotel rooms. You know, for 50 years it's been that way. Is it like that with some of these people from all around the world? We have really great and respectful artists that come to Bloomington. You know, there's you know, the, there's always people who want to party when it comes to music and festivals, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but we have a really great relationship with the people who are coming. Um, they're booking agents. They're um, the artists themselves. They're very respectful, and they come to Bloomington with very you know open arms and not to trash the place or anything. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, we've got plenty of frat people who do that, for <laughs> gosh sakes. Oh, I don't want to say that. <laughs> we were talking a little bit about your past before you came here. You served for about four good years as a personal chef. That's right. I actually started my personal chef visit here business here in Bloomington. Uh-huh. Because you went to Indiana University, the SPIA school. I did, yeah. You got uh, nonprofit management. A graduate certificate. A graduate certificate, yeah. Not only that, boy, you, you've got things going on. Before that, you went to the University of St. Francis and got a nursing certificate. That I did not complete. Oh. I was at University of St. Francis for just two semesters. You're a dropout. I'm a nursing school dropout. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when I, when I left nursing school, I moved to Bloomington, and I'm I worked at the uh, IU Health Bloomington Hospital in uh-huh. um, in the mental health department. I was working on the crisis and stress care centers, and that was one of the I I have a very close relationship to mental health. Um, care. I think that's one of the really most important things in our communities. It helps strengthen us and how art and music influence our mental health is so important to me. Yeah, so I, I built my career around healthcare um, here in Bloomington. When I noticed the announcement by uh, Lotus Educational and Arts Foundation that you were coming aboard, one of your aims uh, was uh, to create resources so that the most vulnerable in the community can find wellness and healing absolutely in world cultures absolutely that sounds neat well you're you're tying everything together i think it is tied together i i'm just here to say to say it out loud you know wellness and healing and recovery these are things that affect everybody yeah they affect everyone's individual lives but they also are part of the bigger community and when we serve each other we create safe spaces for people to have if, you know, transformative experiences, we are creating a community that cares. 
Mm-hmm. And I want to lead Lotus in a way that cares for this community and make sure that we are caring for each other going forward as well. So we've got world music and culture and arts. We've got health care. We've got mental health care, physical health care. We have good cooking. That's you. These are all part of our culture, right? This is all part of how we live as communities. Speaking of good cooking, you worked at Goods for Cooks. I did. It was one of my favorite places to work in Bloomington. I just bought a nice big bread and pizza stone nice. over there. It's a, it's the way to make pizza or bread. I do it homemade from scratch. Place. I grew up making homemade pizzas. Oh, yes. I, you're my favorite <laughs> guest. <laughs> Last year's fest was already in the works. It was the train going down the tracks when you came aboard. This year's fest is yours. Are I, you nervous? I'm definitely nervous. <laughs> I Yes, I feel the pressure. I want to bring this magnificent event to Bloomington and the people who have been so dedicated to it for 30 years. One of the things that we're doing at Lotus right now is looking back at what has been. Uh, we're doing something called... 30 years of Lotus. We're going to be doing focus groups with the community and digitizing all of our historic archives of music and art and anything, any hard copies. And this is important for going forward, taking a look at where Lotus has been. It isn't, it hasn't always been, um, you know, what I know of it since the last 10 years there was a startup time. There was a time when there was only two people running the organization. Yeah. And the influence from the community has been really essential to make Lotus what it is today. Right now, me coming in, I'm, we're blessed to have the resources that we do. But Lotus has been a scrappy grassroots organization from the beginning. And really, the the core of Lotus to me has been bringing artists who people need to see. Yeah. People need it's almost like they they had no idea that they needed to see this artist until they do and they <laughs> well, come isn't to the that festival. exciting. It's a discovery. Absolutely it is. Well, this year's Lotus Fest, which will be the 31st, uh the organization celebrated its 30th anniversary last year and by the way, Lotus started in 1994, coincidentally enough, the first year of WFHB. It was also the first year of Wonder Lab. So three great cultural, artistic, educational educational organizations started that big year. Pretty neat. That's right. It was also the year that the U.S. hosted the first FIFA World Cup. I just know that diversity and understanding that was happening in 1994 uh, is a lot different than what it is today. Oh, yeah. Lotus Festival was pioneering. It yeah. was uh, radical, even. And bringing and exposing people to world diversity is shifted over the years. Today, we're looking at a different understanding of what it means to be diverse and have equity and inclusion. And Lotus is the forefront of leading community in exploring and celebrating and continuing to explore, celebrate, and experience the world's diversity through art and music. You're going to want to go to the Lotus Fest this year. As I say, the 31st Lotus Fest, October 3rd through 6th this coming year. You're going to want to get tickets. It's over at lotusfest.org or the Buzzkirk Chumley box office. 
Our guest this week has been the reasonably new uh, executive director, Katarina Kaw. Thanks so much for being on Big Talk. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great.